Oh my God, Danny DeVito, I love your work. Wow. How is it already September? Insane. Insane bananas. Yeah. It's been an amazing summer. Yeah. It is still summer. It's still summer until the end of September, so. Oh, yeah. I can tell because I am uh, sweating profusely. Really? At this present moment. Yeah. That's funny. It's a hot day here in Toronto. But yeah, we, uh, we hope you guys enjoyed August After Dark. We are now doing another swift turn into a whole new theme month you know september yeah and if you can guess from the time of year it is Mm -hmm. we're doing a little back to school theme hell yeah all your favorite school classics and uh we're really starting off with a bang this is a movie that we've been kind of like saving in our arsenal for a really long time yeah Personally, it's been one that I have been kind of afraid to touch because it's a big one. It is it is so big and it is so um beloved and formative for a lot of people. But, you know, we had to do it eventually. It's so highly requested. I think probably every person that's ever DM'd us has been like, "Oh yeah, also mean girls." Yeah. So, so today we are doing the 2004 classic Mean Girls, written by Tina Fey, um, directed by, on the tip of my tongue, uh, what's his name? Mark Waters. There we go. Yes. Yeah, I remember the first time I watched this movie, I was 10 years old. My dad had bought it because he had gone to like Thailand or something for like a conference and, you know, would buy like a lot of Schmilligally schmirated uh, DVDs because we didn't get a lot of movies in Asia at the time. And one of them was Mean Girls, just because he bought what was like popular and what they had, knowing nothing about it, gave it to me and my brother to watch. Oh my gosh. Far too young, far too young <laughs> to be watching this movie. But a lot of the humor just went over my head. So, yeah, that was a total thing to go to a sleepover party in middle school. And, mm-hmm. like, sneak this movie in. Like, watch this movie. Oh, yeah. I totally remember doing that with my friends. Actually, now that I think about it, I was probably younger because 2004, I would have been, like, eight. eight. Oh, Christ. no. <laughs> Jesus. Well, you turned out okay. I did, yeah. I do remember bringing it to a sleepover in the fifth grade. Rebel. Yeah. But my mom never, like, said, no, you can't watch this movie. So... I don't know. I watched a lot of things probably way too young, but most of it I just didn't understand. Yeah. It it doesn't really have an effect on you if you're like, yeah, I'm just watching it for the funny stuff or whatever. Yeah. I mean, this movie had such a a hold on the world. Oh, yeah. There are just so many quotes. And I feel like, especially Mm -hmm. in this like 2004 era, it was all about the movie quotes. Like you go to school, you're talking in movie quote lingo. Absolutely. (laughs) You go to school, you do something, people are like, four for you, Glenn Coco. You go, Glenn Coco. Yeah. They're like... Oh my god! Oh, not what's a what's other another relevant one? That's so fetch. Yeah, stop trying to make fetch happen. Or like, boo, you whore! Like, just so many things people would say. People are carrying a copy 
of the Mean Girls script, <laughs> flipping open a pages in order to respond to their friends. Absolutely, one hundred percent. We, you know, we did a little research. I mean, we didn't want to pull too many fun facts because I feel like so many of them are so well known. Yeah, already just because people know this movie. Um, as we all know, Rachel McAdams, she was 26 when they shot this, but Amy Poehler, who played her mother, is only seven years older than her. Pretty crazy. She does look really young in the movie. I think that Rachel McAdams just has a super Mm -hmm. young face, so she was able to, like, pull it off, but I was like, holy crap. Yeah, she also shot, uh, The Notebook the same year. Wow. Wild. Also, this is probably really well known, but this is Tina Fey's feature film writing debut. Mm-hmm. And it was based off this book called Queen Bees and Wannabes, which was like a guidebook with no fictional narrative. And mm-hmm. she didn't realize this until like after she had agreed to do it. Yeah. And she was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so I guess she just like took it and rolled with it. Yeah. She, uh, I read her her memoir, Bossy Pants, like years ago, but she talked about how when she was in high school, she was a mean girl. Mm. Like she was a Regina type. So she definitely pulled a lot from her own experiences. I do remember the 30 Rock episode where she does like the reunion. She's like, oh, everyone was so mean to me in high school. And it (laughs) turns out she was like a bitch to everyone. She's like, I wasn't the mousy, like nerdy girl that nobody liked. I was the fucking bully. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, all right, I'm going to fucking leave. Get out of here. I'm going to take my helicopter and go. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I mean, casting-wise, initially, Lindsay wanted to be Regina because in her mind, she had just played two loser characters in uh, Lola from Confessions. Lola is not a loser (laughs) character, though. No, not at all. And – um. Anna from Freaky Friday, who's also not a loser. She's just like an alt girl. She's like an outsider for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But they were like, nobody's going to buy you as the villain, sweetie. So you're going to have to play the lead. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) But that's so funny because I feel like every time someone mentions like working on a movie with Lindsay or like an interaction with her, they always peg her as like super awful. It doesn't seem like the people that she's worked with have like a ton of fond memories. But I think Lindsay was also like framed as kind of like, well, I mean, if we look at the, if we look at like the Lindsay Lohan, Hillary Duff industrial complex. Sure. Um, Lindsay was kind of framed as like the bad girl. The antagonizer for sure. Yeah. And Hillary was like the goody goody. So, I mean, I feel like people would buy her as, as the mean girl. And it's not like Katie doesn't go into that territory too yeah definitely really interesting like i wouldn't want her to be regina i like katie as mm-hmm. yeah and amanda seyfried coming out here doing her first movie yeah. never again played this type of character but she did it really well yeah she brings a lot of of charm and likability to karen that i feel like a lesser actress would really ham up the stupid. Oh, yeah. And it would just be, like, insufferable to watch. Well, going off of, like, the movies that I've seen her in, I think she's, like, a really subtle or, like, yeah. grounded actress. Pretty, mm-hmm. I'm a pretty decent, like, Amanda Seyfried fan. Yeah. I would say Mamma Mia is a whole other thing, but, like, <laughs> in the movie that she did with Ethan Hawke, I think it's called First Reformed, and then 
Jennifer's body. I like both of her performances a lot. Yeah, she's a she's a talented lady. She's had a, a very successful career. I don't know how familiar you are with Lacey Chabert's uh, career post Mean Girls. She's kind of con- gone down like the the Lifetime, yeah, Lifetime Hallmark movie. route. Mm-hmm. And I did watch the movie that she was in, Christian Mingle. Oh yeah, and that shit is fucking wild is it good would you recommend it should we do no, it it is it is not good i would recommend it okay it's like the princess switch but worse okay it was sponsored like it was made by christian mingle as like basically an ad there's this one scene in particular that i cannot forget where her and her christian mingle boyfriend go with his family after church to lunch and they go to this restaurant called steak and cake where all they serve is steak and cake it's like my least (laughs) favorite place to eat yeah and it's not like slices of cake they're like full decorated cakes on this lunch table and steaks. It's insane. I don't understand it. So watch the movie for that alone. That's so weird. I don't... Yeah. Who is writing this? Who is in the writer's room right now? Someone who works at Christian Mingle. I'm going to need you to open the door, okay? Go leave the writer's room, take a walk. Touch some grass, get outside. Seriously. Well, with that being said... Is there any other things we should um, mention before jumping in? Oh, I guess we should uh, ask you to follow us on social media if you're not mm-hmm. already. Mm-hmm. You can follow us on Instagram. It's Movies That Raised Us. You can follow us on Twitter. It's MTRU underscore pod. You can follow us on um, TikTok at Movies That Raised Us pod. And you can send us a good old-fashioned email um, over at Movies That Raised Us at gmail.com. And I guess while we're plugging, I should plug that I'm doing a virtual show if anyone wants to come and see it. Yeah, I'm I'm in a play and it's free and it's going to be streaming on Broadway On Demand. It opens on September 10th. It's running for two weekends. It's called The Party Hop. So if you want to see me act... You can come get your tickets. I'll put the link in the uh, in the show notes. Yes, highly recommend. And also, please fill out our questionnaire for the live movie watch. Yes, we will be doing a live movie watch along. We originally were going to do it to celebrate 50K, but now we're already past 60K. Yeah. So to celebrate 60K downloads, um, yeah, we just want to know kind of what movies you guys are interested in watching and what time of day. Yes. And what day of the week. And there are already some front runners, but no one has a huge margin. So you can very much yes. shake up the votes, you know, get a couple mm-hmm. friends to vote. Yeah. Cheat. Lie. <laughs> Alter those numbers. Rig the polls. Can you vote no, more don't. than once if you're like doing a Google form? I don't know if it'll let you. I think you can. Oh, well, do it. I don't know. If you're if you're feeling that strong about a particular movie. Yeah, go might for be it. worth it. All right, should we dive in? I think so. So we open up, we hear these these jungle noises. <laughs> we see Katie's father, Katie's mother. They're talking to their child. They're like, oh, here's your here's your bag to lunch. And I put a dollar in so you can buy some milk. And the mom's like, oh my God, like here's your phone number. I wrote it down on a piece of paper. 
The camera pans up. Bro. It is not, in fact, a six-year-old on her first day of kindergarten. It is a 16-year-old. It is Miss Katie Heron. So this chick is 16, and she tells us that it's her first day going to a real school after being homeschooled for 12 years in Africa by her parents, who are research zoologists. We see some pics of Katie in Africa don't ever get a country or an exact location yeah, of where she is. bothered me the whole time. They're just saying Africa. It's a continent, bro. Be like saying, oh, she's from Europe and never specifying. Yeah. Or like North America. I yeah. just need a little more context here. Yeah. So she's like, I had a great life, but my mom got off her tenure at Northwestern. So it was goodbye, Africa. Hello, high school. Katie turns around to go to school and immediately a bus fucking zooms by almost (laughs) hitting her. She's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. The the bus drivers in Evanston, Illinois. Don't give a fuck. (laughs) Yeah. There's a a lot of bus imagery throughout that really foreshadows what happens later. But our our young gal, Katie Heron, she's Going into school for the first time, the the culture shock alone from just moving to America, but then also going into American high school. Oof. Christ, that's a lot. So Katie walks into her class. She goes up to a girl who she assumes is the teacher and is like, hi, I don't know if anyone told you about me. Like, my name's Katie. I'm new. And the girl is like, you talk to me again. I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> to sit down. Great delivery. Yeah. So Katie is kind of looking around for a place to sit, and that's when we meet Janice, Ian, and Damien. What's Damien's last name? I actually don't even know. I don't even think it's, like, written anywhere. Yeah. Janice, Ian, and and Damien. Yeah. (laughs) They they laugh at Katie. Oh, you don't want to sit there. That's where that chick's boyfriend is going to sit. You don't want to sit there. That guy farts a lot. So Katie keeps walking around and ends up bumping into Miss Norbury – a.k.a. Tina Fey, just spills her Dunkin' Donuts coffee all over her shirt. Devastating. So Mr. Duval walks by just as Miss Norberry is trying to get this coffee-stained sweater off. Her shirt is sticking to her sweater like everyone sees her bra. Yeah. We can tell Miss Norberry is a mess. And Mr. Duval comes in. He's like, how was your summer? She's like, well, I got divorced. And he's like, well, my carpal tunnel came back. And she's like, yeah, my my story wins. So he informs the class that they have a new student from Africa. So logically, Miss Norbury points at the one oh, black God. kid in class. And she's like, I'm from Michigan. Yeah. So that's how it starts. Like, has, has Miss Norbury just never noticed? Because she's not a new student. Just never noticed that that girl in your class before yeah i'm all for making fun of like like if tina fey is like oh i'm gonna pretend to be like the white ignorant teacher Mm -hmm. but i don't know i was like well there's more that comes in so then you yeah you can make your own assumptions about it but um basically mr duval is like caddy heron (laughs) and katie is like it's katie and he's like oh i totally get it you know i have a nephew named anthony and he gets so mad every time (laughs) i call him anthony but I get even madder when I think about how my sister fucking named him Anferny. <laughs> so Miss Norbury welcomes Katie and thanks Mr. Duval. And he's like, if you need anything, if you need someone to talk to, I'm here. 
she's like, well, maybe when my shirt isn't see-through, we can progress yeah. this conversation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Katie's first day, it keeps going. She talks about how it was a blur. You know, she got in trouble for the most random things. Like, she'd never been in a world where adults didn't trust her. She gets in trouble for, like, trying to go to the bathroom, reading ahead, writing with a green pen. Like, just everything. Then at lunch, Katie tries to find a seat. She's like, well, I had a lot of friends in Africa. So she approaches this table. Um, I think they're called the hot black students or something. Janice calls them the unfriendly black hotties. That's the name that they're given. And she literally walks up and says, Jumbo. I'm like, Katie. <sighs> no. Katie, you got to get out. Yeah. So she goes and eats in the bathroom stall. I did look it up and apparently Jumbo, I mean, I could be wrong. This is just what the internet told me. But apparently it's Swahili. Okay, that makes sense. So that at least helps us narrow down somewhat (laughs) where she is in Africa but maybe they said this isn't why they said it but this is me ruminating like maybe it was like oh they traveled around Mm. to different spots so that's why maybe I could be making that up yeah I think they were just kind of like yeah she lived in Africa anyways (laughs) moving forward on to the next page yeah So the next day, Katie gets to class early. She grabs a seat that is not taken by someone's boyfriend or in the fart zone, Mm -hmm. is sitting across from Janice and Damien. So Damien asks if that's her natural hair color and just grabs her hair and pulls (laughs) it up to his head and is like, see, this is the color that I want. I like Damien. I think he's so funny. I love him. He is my favorite character. So Janice says, this is Damien. He's almost too gay to function. Some guy walks by and is like, nice wig, Janice. What's it made of? And she goes, your mom's chest hair. I'm She Janice. like barks it out. She's like, your mom's chest hair. I'm Janice. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> so Katie asks them where room G14 is. They take a look at her schedule. And Janice is like, I think it's in the back building. Damien's like, yeah, yeah, it's in the back building. Don't worry. We'll, we'll take you there. We'll take you there. So Janice and Damien take Katie to the back of the school, they walk through the field, and Damien looks at Katie's schedule and asks why she's taking 12th grade calculus. And she's like, I like math. It's the same in every country. <laughs> All right, I roll. And Katie's like, Are we going to get in trouble for skipping class? Because she finally realizes like they're just yeah. taking her out to hang out. And Janice is like, Why would we get you in trouble? We're your friends. And that is where the manipulation starts. It sets the whole precedent for their friendship in that one line. Yeah, pretty much. We do get a little health class interlude where Coach Carr is talking about how if you have sex, you will get pregnant and you will die. Also highly, highly quoted uh, throughout my my school experience. Oh, wow. Not by teacher, by like, stu- like students. Yeah, would yeah. Say that to each other. I figured, <laughs> I figured. Nobody was giving that. No teachers were giving that advice. So back to, you know, Katie, Damian, Janice. Katie tells them that her parents sent her to a regular school to get her socialized rather than homeschooling her. And Damien's like, oh, yeah, a little slice like you. You'll get socialized all right. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> Janice says that she's our regulation hottie. And then <gasps> incoming. The plastics roll up for a gym class outside. And Janice gives her the lay of the land. She's like, 
This one is Karen Smith. She is one of the dumbest girls you will ever meet. Damien sat next to her in English last year, and apparently she asked him how to spell orange. <laughs> then we have Gretchen Wieners. She is extremely wealthy because her father invented toaster strudel. Um, Gretchen Wieners knows everyone's business. She knows everything about everyone. That's why... <laughs> Damien is so funny. He's like, that's why her hair is so big. It's full of secrets. secrets. (laughs) And then Janice tells her that evil takes on a human form in Regina George. And she tells her not to be fooled because she may seem like your typical selfish, backstabbing, slut-faced hoe bag. But in reality, she is so much more than that. She's the queen bee, the star. The other two are just her little workers. Regina George. How do I even begin to explain Regina George? And then we got the testimonials from (laughs) different members of the school. She has two Fendi purses and a silver Lexus. I heard her hair is insured for $10,000. She's in car commercials in Japan, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on. So in the hallway, Damien complains about how Regina is always the spring fling queen, and Janice is like, why do you care? And he's like, uh, I care because whoever wins becomes the head of the student activities committee, which is insane. That should not be allowed. Yeah, it's not adding up. Yeah, and since he is a very active member of the student activities committee, he cares a lot. So Janice then gives Katie this hand-drawn map of North Shore. She has even broken down the cafeteria tables by click. This has just aged so horribly. Yeah. So, so, so horribly. The uh, racist stereotypes of Asian nerds versus cool Asians, the unfriendly black hotties. Then we have um, the girls broken down by eating disorder. Uh, The table of desperate wannabes features the only two disabled cast members. Just fucking, just terrible across the board. Yeah. Yeah. So we go through... All of that, we land on the greatest people you will ever meet, which is Janice and her friends, and the worst, beware of the plastics. Yes, so Katie gets her meal, and she is approached by Jason. He's like, can you participate in a lunchtime survey? Is your muffin buttered? Do you want us to assign someone to butter your muffin? And Regina overhears this. She's like... Is he bothering you? Uh, you're such a skis, Jason. And then we get this whole thing about how Gretchen was supposed to get a call from him last night. And Regina's like, you can't come to a party at my house with Gretchen and then scam on some poor innocent girl. It, it's like a whole thing with Gretchen and Jason, like for the rest yeah. of the movie. But Regina does end up asking Katie to sit with them at their elite table. Regina's like, Katie, why don't I know you? And Katie's like, oh, well, I just moved here from Africa. You know, I was homeschooled. And Regina keeps saying, shut up. She's like, no way, shut up. And Katie's like, I didn't say anything. Yeah, so then Regina's like, wow, homeschooled, that's so interesting. But you're like really pretty. And Katie says, thank you. And Regina's like, oh, so you agree. You think you're really pretty. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. The mental warfare. Oh, my God. And Regina immediately compliments Katie's bracelets. Like, oh my God, I love it. Where'd you get it? Katie says her mom made it for her. And Gretchen says, that's so fetch. 
our first fetch of the movie. Gretchen. Regina's like, what the fuck is fetch? Gretchen says it's like slang from England. So Karen asks Katie, if you're from Africa, why are you white? Which I did get variations of that said to me sincerely when I moved to the U.S. Oh, like, why are, why are you white? Yeah, because people would ask me where I was from. So I would say Singapore because that's where I had lived for a decade prior and where I had moved from. And I also hadn't lived in Canada since I was four. And people would be like, but you're white. And I was like, yeah, I'm, a, I'm aware. I know that. Uh, I lived in Asia for 14 years. So that's where I, I moved from. But yeah, people would say stuff like that to me all the time. Yeah. So Regina then asks Katie to give them some privacy <laughs> and whispers to her, her little minions and decides to invite Katie to have lunch with them for the rest of the week. Ooh. I mean, in this one scene, there is literally so much to unpack. There's like so much manipulation. The way I think that the reason that Regina defends Katie to Jason is really in support of her own her own status because Jason is somebody who Jason is somebody who is like one of the popular guys, right? Yeah. He's not responding to Gretchen, not giving her like the relationship that she wants, mm -hmm. but she sees that Katie is desirable in his eyes and that's why she decides to step in and defend her. I don't totally. think she has any sort of like Oh, I need to like help this poor girl who's like being harassed. No, definitely. It's it's absolutely like um Carla Santini asking Lola Sepp to like have yeah. lunch with them. Yeah. Cause she she sees that Katie is a threat to her her reign and decides to bring her into the fold. I think in a similar way that Karen is in the group because Karen's kind of like social capital is her beauty. And if she wasn't under Regina, she could like have the chance to be the queen bee just by being like so beautiful. Yeah, to totally. Yeah. So in the bathroom, Janice is like, holy shit, you have to join them and then just tell us all the horrible things that Regina says. And Katie at this point doesn't know what she's in for. She's like, oh, I don't know. Regina seems sweet. And Janice is like, she is not. She is a scum sucking road whore. She ruined my life. <laughs> Jesus. At this point, Damien walks out of the stall and this girl's like, you can't be in here. And he's like, oh my God, Danny DeVito, I love your work. <laughs> I wonder how many times people have said that to Danny DeVito. Um, I wonder the overlap between people who like this movie and people who like Danny DeVito. I feel like everybody likes Danny DeVito. I feel like people who know him, yeah, like him. Yeah. So... Katie asks Janice why she hates Regina so much. Damien starts to explain, but Janice is like, Damien, stop. <laughs> so she's like, I think it would just be a fun little experiment. Katie agrees to do it and asks them if they have anything pink. And Janice is like, no, but obviously Damien's like, yes. So in math class, Katie is finally feeling like at home. Math makes sense to her. It's like where she feels comfortable. And that's when the guy in front of her turns around. Who is it? It's Mr. Aaron Samuels. Wowie. So he asks to borrow pen. Katie is like immediately in love with him. She gives Aaron the, the pencil that she was using and says that this crush hit her just like a big yellow school bus. 
Miss Norbury calls on Katie and she's like, he was just, and says out loud, so cute. Everyone turns around and she's like, um, I mean, the answer is X minus B over whatever math thing she said. I don't know. She says a math thing and it's, and it's right. That's rough. (laughs) So the next day, Katie is having lunch with the plastics and talks about how hanging out with them was like leaving the regular world and entering girl world, which has a lot of rules. Like you can't wear a tank top two days in a row. You can only wear your hair in a ponytail once a week. And you only wear jeans or track pants on Fridays. And if anyone breaks those rules, you can't sit at the table. That's a lot of rules for me. Yeah. Yeah. They also say that they always have to vote before asking someone to eat lunch with them to be considerate. And the same goes for guys. You might think you like someone, but you could be wrong. Then Regina asked the girls what percentage of calories are coming from the fat in her granola bar because she's on some weird diet where she can only eat um, foods with less than 30% calories from fat. Katie and her little, you know, math genius brain is like 40%. And Regina's like, okay, whatever. I'm getting cheese fries, sweetie. Eat what you want, but you have no sense of nutritional value right now. So when Regina leaves, Gretchen asks Katie if there are any guys that she's interested in at school. And Katie's like, well, there is this one guy in my calc class, um, Aaron Samuels. And they're like, oh, my God. No, 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 no. Yeah. That's Regina's ex-boyfriend. They went out for like a year and she was devastated when he broke up with her last summer. And Karen's like, I thought that she dumped him for Shane Omen. And Gretchen's like, irregardless ex-boyfriends are off limits. Like, you can't date one of your friend's exes. That's just, like, the rules of feminism. But she tells Katie not to worry. She won't tell Regina what she said. Yes. Cut to math class where Katie is still drooling all over Aaron, and she's about to tap him on the shoulder, but class ends, and Kevin Napore cuts in front of her. Hi, I'm Kevin Napore, captain of the mathletes. And... <laughs> He tells her that they can get twice as much funding if a girl joins. So he gives her um, his card. Oh, and also Miss Norberry is like, Katie, you'd be perfect for it. But his card is like, it's like kick-ass, MC, and mathlete. Yeah, yeah. I think it says math enthusiast slash badass MC or something like that. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So after school... Aaron is at soccer practice and Katie walks by and waves at him and he waves back and says, hey, just as the plastics pull up, we have the iconic, get in, loser, we're going shopping. Katie gets into Regina's car. Aaron is bummed. He's sad to see this new girl go. Yes, he is. But the girls are going to the mall. Happiest place on earth. (laughs) Karen asks Katie how she's liking North Shore, and she's like, It's good. You know, I'm thinking about joining mathletes. And the girls are like, Uh, well, you better unthink it because that's social (laughs) suicide. You're lucky we're here to assist you. Mm -hmm. Katie sees a Janice who is working at like this faux lush. And um, Katie thinks about how the mall reminds her of Africa and how the animals or in heat all around the watering hole. And she like looks at this fountain where all the high schoolers are picturing 
them acting as like horny monkeys and like screeching. Yeah. I do think that's a really a really funny device that they use throughout when oh, they yeah. cut to like the imagined like animal scenes. I like that. The animal kingdom. Yes. But then we are pulled out of this fantasy when Gretchen Wieners sees Jason at the fountain with some chick named Taylor Waddell. They are not pleased about this. Regina is like, no, he cannot just blow you off like that. He is such a little skis. So Regina takes Gretchen's phone, calls Taylor's house through information, and talks to her mom and is like, hi, is Taylor there? This is Susan from Planned Parenthood. We just got her test results back, so if you could have her give me a call back as soon as possible. Thank you. Wow. Oh, my fucking atrocious. Uh, the mom faints immediately. And the girls laugh, and Regina's like, yeah, Taylor won't be going out with anyone. And Katie watches while Taylor gets a phone call from her very panicked mother. Yeah, I think she, like, feels a bit of remorse for what's happening. Definitely. I was – while watching this, I was thinking about – because when I was in high school, like, we would go to the mall Mm -hmm. after school all the time, especially because, like, Singapore is the land of malls. There's, like, a bajillion of them. But now malls – a lot of malls are kind of, like – disappearing going out of service like what are what do kids in high school do now yeah i don't know because our mall here in my hometown is also like a lot of the stores left because of the pandemic Mm -hmm. so i don't really know i assume that like either people are going to each other's houses or they're going Mm -hmm. to like parks but it is kind of like questionable for sure yeah like younger kids especially Cause yeah, we're not we're not coastal. Like I could see like coastal towns, mm-hmm. like kids go hang out at the shore, like whatever. Yeah, I have no idea. Kids, yeah, kids, let us know. Yeah, if if you're if well, if you're a child, you probably shouldn't be listening to this. If but you have a child, <laughs> let us know. If you if you have a child or you have a younger sibling, what do they do? Yeah, after school, where do they go? What are they up to? What's up with kids <laughs> these days? Airplane food. How about that? <laughs> The next stop for this evening um, is Regina's house. So the girls are driven there by Regina and her silver Lexus. And Katie is like, wow, your house is really nice. And she's like, I know. Thank you. (laughs) So, you know, they all get out of the car and they're going in. Gretchen leans over to Katie and is like, check out her mom's boob job. So Mrs. George, a.k.a. Amy Poehler, (laughs) comes out into the kitchen with her freaking juicy track suit oh my god we're talking frosted pink okay yes and she introduces katie um to her home she hugs her with her like rock hard breast job and katie is like ow i can't breathe and she's like you know if you need anything don't be shy i'm not a regular mom i'm a cool mom so regina is like please stop talking and Mrs. George is like, you know what? I'm going to make you girls a hump day treat. It's uh, it's so interesting to me how Amy Poehler plays literally two different characters. One of them is like a crazy wacko woman. Like you're thinking of like baby mama. Yeah, like baby mama or or like this. Or she plays like super uptight. Straight laced. Straight laced mm-hmm. woman a la like Leslie Nope or her character in Sisters. And there's no in between. <laughs> she's a great character actor. Oh, yeah. She's incredible. Would you say you're more of an Amy Poehler fan than a Tina Fey fan? Definitely. 
I'm also just more familiar with her work. Like, I watched all of Parks and Rec. I only watched, like, a season of 30 Rock. Yeah. I think 30 Rock is really fucking funny. Mm -hmm. Is she perfect? No. No one is. I do think she's, like, a really talented writer. And I wish that more writers would get out of, like, their own headspace and, like, write more freely than they do now. So... But I also think Amy Poehler is a great actress. Like, I think watching her act is just such a joy. So Totally, totally. So they go up to Regina's gigantic bedroom. Huge. The the canopy bed. It's insane. You know, they put on the radio. Regina's like, Katie, do you even know who sings this song? And she's like, oh, the Spice Girls. And they're like, oh, my God, I love it. It's like you're like a little Martian or something. She's like, oh, you're so like um, not in the zeitgeist. Like, it's so fun. Uh-huh. Yeah. So then the girls all go around the mirror and just start <laughs> picking apart every single aspect of their appearance, like, like my pores, my hairline, my nail beds. Like- I do not miss doing that at all. Like when I was younger. No. Holy crap. Like. Yeah. It's so, such a waste of my mental capacity. Definitely. Oh my gosh. Like I, I definitely am not super kind to myself still to this day, but when I think about the way that I like saw myself and like treated myself appearance wise Mm -hmm. when I was in high school, Jesus, that was. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. It's so. That was some very toxic thinking it's so easy to rip yourself to shreds and then i'm sure you look back Mm -hmm. at photos from like middle school or high school and you're like i was perfectly fine like i was just like a cute young gal yeah the only thing (laughs) it's gonna make me sound like disgusting the only thing is i wish i had showered more because i didn't understand that like going through (laughs) puberty i should shower like every single day instead of like every other day yeah that's probably my biggest regret mm. but yeah but we're we're past that no. <laughs> yeah we shower unlike some celebrities out there Jake and, Hall. <laughs> yeah. and others but moving forward <laughs> they look to katie for her to start ripping herself to shreds and mm-hmm. she's just like uh i have really bad breaths in the morning <laughs> uh so mrs george comes in with her hump day treats and she's like <laughs> It looks like a cocktail. So Katie's like, uh. um, is there alcohol in this? And she's like, no. Why do you want some? Because if you were going to drink, like, I'd prefer to do it in the house. <laughs> and she's like, no. <laughs> so Mrs. George sits down and she's like, ladies, what's the 411, the hot goss? The dog is literally gnawing on her tip. Yeah. She does not feel it. <laughs> they put a little uh, cocktail sausage there. No way. For the dog to chew on yeah oh wow (laughs) so regina's like mom why don't you go fix your hair and she leaves she's like oh okay you girls keep me young oh i love you so much oh my gosh so then karen looks over to regina's bookshelf and is like oh my god remember this i haven't seen this in ages it's their burn book. Ooh. Gretchen explains that they cut people's photos out from the yearbook and wrote comments about them. Like, just fucking brutal, terrible, terrible things, like calling people sluts, whores, bitches, the whole nine. They then turned to a page with Janice and wrote, Janice Ian is a dyke. 
Mm-hmm. And they then notice that Damien is in the photo. Katie's like, oh, yeah, that's Damien. He's almost too gay to function, just like quoting Janice's line. And Regina's like, ha, that's funny. Put that in there. Oh, no. And Katie's like, oh, God, maybe it was only okay when Janice said it. Correct. You are correct. <laughs> it was only okay when Janice said it. Yeah. So it goes to zero to 100 really quick. Katie goes back to the body shop, Lush, wherever Janice is working. <laughs> Crabtree and Evelyn. Yeah. Whatever it is. La Octane, however you pronounce that. Um, and so Katie's like, you know, they have this burn book. They have all this like crap written about people in it. And Janice is like, oh, what did they write about me? Again, Janice, you have your ulterior motives. Yeah. But Katie tries to protect her because she's her friend. And she's like, oh, uh, they didn't write anything about you. And she's like, those bitches. Girl, you don't even want to tell Katie what happened. That's the thing about the burn book is it's worse to not be in it than to be in it. Mm-hmm. Because that that's how irrelevant you are. And that, again, proves that even though Janice claims to be so against this system – she still so desperately wants to be a part of it and not being included shows that she is not even thought of in the eyes of the plastic and she wants to be thought of. Totally. Janice is like, Katie, you got to steal the book so that we can publish it and expose Regina. But Katie's like, no, I don't steal. I'm not going to do that. And Janice is like, Katie, there are two kinds of evil people people who do evil stuff and people who see evil stuff being done and don't try to stop it. Okay, Janice, <laughs> what are you even talking about? Well, it's it's interesting because we see it it is true that we see both of those people. Katie falls in that she goes back and forth between the two where the evil stuff she sees being done is some of the stuff that Regina does, but also some of the stuff that Janice does and has her do. Yeah. And kind of goes back and forth with doing the evil and watching the evil and letting it happen. Good point. At any rate, Miss Norbury <laughs> is browsing in the mall and she sees Janice and um, Katie and comes over to say hi. Yeah, she's wearing this vest that's just like covered in in pins. It's her, her uniform for her bartending job at PJ Calamities a couple nights a week. Teachers don't get paid enough. They should be paid a living wage. The vest is pretty bad, though. Yeah. So she tells Katie that it would be great, you know, if she joined the mathletes, even just so that the team could meet a girl. And Katie's like, yeah, I think I'm going to do it. Damien tries his hardest not to say anything, but he has to. He's like, you can't join mathletes. It's social suicide. Norbert is like, "Uh, this has been sufficiently awkward, and I will see you all at school. And leaves. And so Janice is like, okay. Katie, when are you hanging out with Regina next? Katie still doesn't want to do it, but Janice is like, oh, come on. Like, she'll never find out. It'll just be our little secret. Uh, The manipulation. Uh. So that night, uh, Regina calls Katie, and she's like, I know your secret. Katie thinks she's been found out, but really, Regina found out that Katie has a crush on Aaron. Gretchen told her. She says Katie can do whatever she wants, but just so she knows, all Aaron cares about is school, his mom, and his friends. But if you like him, I could talk to him if you want. And Katie is literally like, is this like (laughs) bad? What? So she's like, yeah, um, that would be great if you could do that for me. And Regina asks her 
if she's mad at Gretchen for spilling the beans, she's like, oh, no, you know, I don't really care. It's fine. And she's like, but it was kind of bitchy. And then Katie is finally like, oh, uh, yeah, I guess it was kind of bitchy, but I guess she just likes the attention. Little does she know Gretchen's on the line. She's like, I can't believe you'd say that about me. So then we have a little a little montage of Katie's moments with Aaron, you know, on October 3rd. He asked her what day it was, mm-hmm. always quoted. Two days later, they spoke again because it was raining, but she wanted things to move faster. So she pretends that she doesn't understand math. Devastating. <sighs> Ladies, never dumb yourself down for a man. Don't do that. Or anyone. Don't ever dumb yourself down for anyone. So after helping her with this question, giving her the wrong answer, Aaron asks Katie if she wants to go to a Halloween party at his friend Chris's tonight. You know, it's a costume party. People get really into it. He gives her a flyer and it's like, that admits one person. So, you know, don't think about bringing another guy with you. Very forward. Yeah. Considering they've spoken like it's twice. It's the movie <laughs> ended here. We'd be like, ooh. Great. Cool. (laughs) Gruel, as they say (laughs) a second later. She's so, like, I thought that line was so nice because she's like, girl. And she's like, oh, I meant to say cool, but I started saying great. And he's like, LOL. I'm like, I'm I'm, I'm same-saming you. Wholesome. (laughs) Matching your energy. Yeah. So after class, Kevin asked her if she's staying for the mathletes meeting. But instead, Katie slips out to work on her Halloween costume. (laughs) And we get the famous quote. Yes. Halloween is when children dress up in costumes and beg for candy. In girl worlds, Halloween is the one night a year when a girl can dress like a total slut and no other girls can say anything about it. The hardcore girls just wear lingerie and some form of animal ears. (laughs) I love seeing this on TikTok because the outfits are like the, I don't know if anyone's seen like the Dimsdale Dimmodome. Uh, costume where this oh I fucking haven't seen hat. that one. <gasps> Doug Dimmodome, owner of the Dimsdale Dimmodome. Well, yes, yeah, I'm I'm familiar. Yeah, but I haven't seen the costume. Oh my gosh! Like if you want to look it up right now, you can. I've definitely seen the one of uh, Sebastian Hastings. I've seen that one too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we posted it when we did that. I feel like the closest that I ever got to this because like usually my Halloween costumes are like in a group costume. There was one year where – actually, yeah, Mo, you were in this group costume too where we went as different holidays. That was funny. So you were Mardi Gras and Christina was Christmas and I was supposed to be Easter. And I remember I wanted to get like some sort of like pastel, like light colored yeah. dress. But it was October and apparently those were not in stores in Halloween of 2015. They were nowhere to be found. Yeah. So I just had to buy like – a headband that had like Easter eggs on it. And I had like an Easter egg garland that I was wearing as a necklace and a little bucket of Jordan almonds. And underneath I just wore like a black bodycon dress and called it a day. <laughs> yeah. Li- that's yes, exactly. Like yeah. I was Mardi Gras. I don't know how I snagged that one, but yeah. I basically just wore like, um, you know, like a magenta dress. Cause it's one of the colors yeah. and this like Mardi Gras had headband and some Mardi Gras beads. And I was like, this is like the hottest Halloween costume I've ever worn. (laughs) We should bring that back. That was a really fun one. Yeah, I feel like everyone liked that costume. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Christina loved being Christmas. Yeah. If you're if you're looking for a last minute costume, just say you're a holiday and like look hot. I'd recommend, yeah. Uh Katie, however, she she takes a different approach. So different. The other girls are dressed up as uh Regina's a bunny, Gretchen's a cat, Karen's a mouse. I'm a mouse, duh. And Katie shows up as the ex-wife, which is a wedding dress and a very long ratty black wig. Is this like a homebrew a homebrewed costume or is this like a character from something? I assume it's a homebrewed costume. And she has like yeah. the blood and like the the teeth. Gnarly teeth. Yeah. She looks like yeah. a zombie bride. Essentially. But she's like ex-wife. Yeah. So she goes up to Gretchen and Karen at the party and they're like why are you dressed so scary? Oh, my God. <laughs> Karen literally, like, steps back and, like, spills her drink. Yeah. And then Karen <sighs> – Karen. She <laughs> starts talking about how fine this guy, Seth, is looking tonight. And Gretchen is like, you did not just say that. That is your cousin. And she's like, what? He's a good kisser. And she's like, that's your fucking cousin. She's like, yeah, but, you know, you have your cousins and then you have your first cousins and your second cousins. And she's like – no, like that's that's not how it works. This is in fact incest. That's so nasty. Yeah. So Aaron comes over to get away from that. They chat about, you know, Katie's costume before he goes to get her a drink. Karen leaves to go flirt with her fucking cousin. Regina shows up. She finds Aaron in the kitchen and he like rags on her for not really wearing a costume and she's like, "Shut up." Like, I want to talk to you about Katie. And he's like, oh, yeah, isn't she cool? Like, I invited her tonight. Which makes me think the plastics weren't inviting her to this party. I guess not. I mean. That sucks. Maybe they were going to do it later. Oh, no, actually, they didn't at all. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So when Regina hears that Aaron is, like, into Katie, she immediately switches gears and is like, well, you should be careful because she has a huge crush on you. And he's like, really? Yeah. He's like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) And says that she tells everyone about it and she writes Mrs. Aaron Samuels on her notebook and wears an I Heart Aaron shirt under all her clothes, which, Aaron, you can't be that dumb that you're believing this from your ex-girlfriend. But Regina keeps going and says that she even saved a Kleenex that he used and says that she's going to do some African voodoo with it to make him fall in love with her. (sighs) But she's like, I know she's, like, totally homeschooled and, like, weird, but she's my friend, so just promise you won't make fun of her. Yeah. And he's like, of course not. Meanwhile, Katie is watching them chat, and it's like, how could Janice hate Regina? She was such a good – Aaron and Reg- – well, Regina kisses Aaron, and Katie goes, oh, slut, and she storms off. Aaron pushes Regina away and is like, what are you doing? You broke up with me. She's like, that's crazy. Why would I ever break up with you? You're so hot. Ah. Starts making out with him. Katie leaves the party, scares the shit out of some dude who falls over from like a fence. And this guy's like, that's a scary mask, bro. (laughs) So she goes right over to Janice and Damien who are watching The Shining in like a cabin, I guess, or something like it looks like they're... Oh, I assumed it was like a like a shed or like a garage or something. Yeah, something like that. And they're watching The Shining. Katie opens the door to the cabin and just scares the shit out of them. Yeah. And she's like, Regina took Aaron back. And they tell her that Regina is a life ruiner. And 
when they were 10, she started this petition, but Janice cuts off Damien. She's like, we're not going to let her do this again. Janice tells the two of them that Regina George is an evil dictator. Now, how do you overthrow a dictator? She writes on this like, yeah, like little chalkboard, like a children's chalkboard, (laughs) what they have to do. They have to cut her off from the hot guy, right? They have to take away her hot bod and they have to cut off her army of skanks. Mm -hmm. Now, Katie, if we want this to work, you're going to have to keep hanging out with them like nothing is wrong. Can you do it? And Katie agrees. I uh, I did see a video by, I think it was by The Take, where they analyzed Regina as a dictator. It was actually really interesting. I really recommend it. I'll put it in the show notes. But in my opinion, while she is, she is the leader, I do see it more as an oligarchy because I think that saying that she's a dictator really discounts the the work that Gretchen, well, more so like the active work that Gretchen does and then the role that Karen provides Also, if it was a true dictatorship, when the dictator was usurped or like destabilized, that would take apart the whole system and Gretchen and Karen would go down with her. But I see it more as an oligarchy because the system stays in place. They just replace her with Katie as their new figurehead. Yeah. Although I will say I don't think Gretchen and Karen have influence in like the rules that are made, they can only like mm-hmm. uphold rules that already exist. Yeah, they definitely serve the leader for sure. But as we as we see later on, without those two supporting Regina, she can't maintain that position. Mm-hmm. And those rules are used against her and are upheld by the rest of them. Yeah. But I'm I'm no poli sci major, <laughs> so I don't know. We're not talking but, game theory, yeah. folks. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, the the sabotage plan commences. At school the next day, Gretchen talks to Katie on Regina's behalf and is like, yeah, she, like, was trying to, you know, talk you up to Aaron, but he was just interested in getting her back. And Katie's like, oh, I know. Like, I'm, I'm not mad at her. And Gretchen's like, okay, good. And also, Regina wanted me to give you this and hugs her. So weird. <laughs> just doing all the dirty work. So at lunch, Regina is sitting with Aaron. She's talking about doing the South Beach fat flush where all you drink is cranberry juice for 72 hours. And he's like, you're not even drinking cranberry juice. This is like cranberry juice cocktail. There's so much sugar in here. (laughs) Just red sugar water. Yeah, for real. (laughs) Katie walks over to the table and Regina pushes Aaron's hair back. And she's like, your hair looks so sexy. Push back. Katie. Why don't you tell him his hair looks sexy pushed back? And Katie just like face flushes. She's like, in the animal world, I know this would be solved. And like imagines her attacking Regina. But in real life, she just says, your hair looks sexy pushed back. And she's like, in girl world, you have to be sneaky. I guess this is uh, my moment to talk about. My my one interaction with Mr. Jonathan Bennett, who played Please. Aaron Samuels. Uh, I joined Twitter when I was like 13 or 14. So young. Because I wanted to uh, follow the cast of The Vampire Diaries. And I came across Jonathan Bennett on Twitter. And in his bio, it said, 
I've been told my hair looks sexy pushed back. And I thought that that was like so funny that he was like referencing this movie he was in because yeah. I was a kid. Um, so I tweeted him and I said, oh, because of your bio, you're my role model or something like dumb like that. And he responded and just said, I'm no role model. <laughs> <laughs> and that was uh, that was my one interaction with Jonathan Bennett in like – 2009 or something. Very cool. So the sabotage continues on. Regina is looking at her face in the mirror and says that the cranberry juice is making her break out. And Katie's like, oh, I have some great skin stuff I can bring you. So Janice and Katie put foot cream and a facial cleanser. I feel like they could have gone – I mean, if they were really trying to fuck with her, they could have put some gnarly – shit in there. Yeah, I thought that they were going to do something like that would make her skin yeah, be bad. Give her like a chemical burn or something, but they're like you're going to put foot cream on your face, which is just like regular cream. Yeah. There's no difference between hand cream, foot cream, it's all the same thing. Mm-hmm. So she puts it on, Aaron kisses her on the cheek and is like, "Your face smells like peppermint." He loves it. Starts making out with her. Their next step of sabotage is during gym class. Janice goes into the changing room and cuts two circles out of the tank top. So Regina puts her tank top back on. You can see her bra. But Regina's like, whatever. And it immediately becomes a trend for all the girls in school. I feel like that trend, if I did it at high school, would get me like kicked out. Yeah. That doesn't seem like it is dress code appropriate. Yeah. Janice revisits their strategy. She's pretty pissed off that it's been a month and nothing has worked. She tells Damien and Katie that they have to crack Gretchen wieners. If they crack Gretchen, then we can crack the lock on Regina's whole dirty history. And Damien's like, say crack again. She's like, crack. (laughs) So Katie's like, all right, I can't meet up with you tonight because I have to practice for the Jingle Bell Rock. But, you know, I'll see you later. So then Regina strolls up to them and she's like, why were you talking to Janice? And Katie's like, I don't know. She just came up to me and started talking to me about crack. And then Regina has this whole monologue where she talks about how her and Janice used to be friends in middle school. Yeah. And then in the eighth grade, she started going out with her first boyfriend, Kyle, who was totally gorgeous, but moved to Indiana. And Janice was like really jealous of him. And whenever she would blow Janice off to hang out with Kyle – Janice would be like, well, why didn't you call me back? And Regina's like, well, why are you so obsessed with me? And then for her birthday party, she was having a pool party, but she didn't invite Janice because she thought that she was a lesbian and she couldn't have a lesbian at her party. There were going to be girls in bathing suits there. So her mom called her mom and it was like this whole thing. No one talked to her. Like she got totally ostracized. Janice dropped out of school, but then when she came back for high school in the fall, she had cut all of her hair off and was totally weird. She's like, and now I guess she's on crack. <sighs> and after this whole long, long monologue, this girl's walking by and Regina turns to her and she's like, oh my God, I love your skirt. Where did you get it? And the girl's like, oh, it was my mom in the 80s. And Regina compliments it. And as soon as she walks away, Regina goes, that is the ugliest effing skirt I've ever seen. And Katie gets a flashback to when Regina complimented her bracelet. Regina's just out here like breadcrumbing everyone in the entire school. Yeah, it's super weird because I'm like, okay, so she gives out these fishy like phony compliments, 
But like people know she's not nice. Do they think just Mm -hmm. like in that moment she's nice and they're like, oh, you know, maybe I was wrong about her. Well, yeah, it's it's the kind of thing which Katie talks about later on, like even like you can hate her, but you still want her to like you. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. She has that kind of effect and she'll she'll be like a total bitch. But then if she's nice to you, it'll make you feel special. And it's like, oh, oh, she's being nice to me. She's not nice to everybody. And then that's how she continues to uphold her her popularity. Yeah. Katie asks Regina if she's going to send any candy canes. Um, because I don't know if we mentioned this, but yes, they're at a candy cane gram table. Yeah. And Regina's like, oh, I don't send them. I just get them. So Katie decides to buy three candy canes to crack Gretchen Wieners. So Katie is in her English class when Damien comes in dressed as Santa to deliver the candy cane grams. And he's like, Taylor Zimmerman, two for you. Glenn Coco, four for you, Glenn Coco. You go, Glenn Coco. And uh, and a, a caddy heron. Do we have a, a caddy heron here? And she's like, that's me. It's Katie. And none for Gretchen Wieners. Bye. Fox out. Gretchen is spiraling. She's not gotten a candy cane. And she asks Katie who hers is from. And she's like, oh, thanks for being such a great friend. Love, Regina. How sweet. Devastating. Yeah. Cut to the winter talent show. Mr. Duval MCs. And he's like, first, we have Damien. <laughs> Damien goes out on stage and sings, you are beautiful, while Miss Norbury plays piano. Don't look at me. So funny. <laughs> so funny. Uh, Meanwhile, in the dressing room, Gretchen and Katie gossip about Regina um, acting weird. And Gretchen tells her that her parents don't sleep in the same bed anymore. Outside on stage. Yeah, it's like cringe. Yeah. Outside on stage, Damien gets a shoe thrown at him. Yeah, but he throws it right back at Jason, who he does deserves it. Then backstage, Gretchen is continuing to spiral, just spilling all of Regina's secrets and she's like, I don't understand why Regina sent you a candy cane. Like, she doesn't even really like you that much. You know what? Maybe it's because I'm the only person who knows about her nose job. Oh, my God. Ooh. Pretend you didn't hear that. <laughs> so then Kevin G goes up for his rap. Yeah, my friends and I were obsessed with this rap. Uh, we would say it to each other all the time when I was in school. It's pretty explicit. Yeah. So Mr. Duval's like, yeah, that's enough. And the girls get into their places behind the curtain. But just before they go out, Regina tells Gretchen to switch spots with Katie. And Gretchen's like, um, no, what the hell? I'm always on your left. Yeah. Regina's like, the two tallest have to go in the middle. So switch places. Gretchen reluctantly does. The curtain goes up. They start to do their dance. It's pretty risque. Yeah. They're in these tight plastic skirts. Then Gretchen accidentally kicks the boombox because she's in a different position. The music goes haywire. And she tries to kick it again, but it absolutely blasts (laughs) Jason in the face. He gets his shit rocked by that boombox. (laughs) Yes. Like, will he recover? I hope so. Then Katie starts singing a cappella to save their act. Sure, go off. Yeah. Miss Norbury hops right back onto the piano. 
and the audience joins in on the song so the girls can finish their dance. Yeah. I love that Aaron is the first one. He hops in to save the day, starts singing along. Yeah. Also have to acknowledge uh, Miss George doing the choreo in the audience. <laughs> Iconic, of course. So after the performance, they all rush backstage and they're like, oh my God, that's the best it ever went. And Kevin G walks by and tells Katie she did a good job. And Gretchen is like, oh my God, you totally like him. Katie's like, what? No, I don't. She's like, yes, you do. Like you're blushing. That's why you wanted to join the mathletes. And Aaron's like, the mathletes? Like you hate math. And Gretchen is like, oh my God, he totally likes you. And he complimented you. That is so fetch. Regina puts her foot fucking down and is like, Gretchen, stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah, that's like the last straw. Dun dun. So Gretchen is correct. She stands up in English class and says this wild essay <laughs> about how Brutus was just as smart as Caesar um, and just as cute as Caesar. So like, yo, why do people hate Brutus? Um, she says that they should totally just stab Caesar. She totally just stab Caesar. <laughs> Very intense. Wild. Then in the bathroom, Gretchen tells Katie this harrowing story <laughs> about how she isn't allowed to wear hoop earrings because Regina said so. And she got this amazing pair of white gold hoop earrings from her parents for Hanukkah. But she had to pretend like she didn't like them. Oh, my God. And then she tells Katie that Regina cheats on Aaron every Thursday with Shane Oman in the projection room above the auditorium. I like, I like that that flair, Shane Oman. <laughs> Wait, it's Omen? She, Omen, yeah. <laughs> Isn't Oman a country? It, I mean, it, it is a country. Um, I, I honestly, when they were like, oh, Shane, <laughs> Shane Oman. I thought it was like an Arabic name. Yeah, I don't I don't think that Shane Oman maybe the whitest dude I've ever seen in my life is Arabic. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, they they have their info to finally mm-hmm. destabilize the regime. So they put up a sign saying that soccer practice has been moved to the projection room above the auditorium. So Aaron's like, okay. Goes up there. Why would swim practice be in the projection room, Aaron? Think about it. <laughs> Just put two and two together, my bud. But he is about to walk in on Regina and Shane, like half naked, basically about to fuck, when Regina hides and just pushes Shane out in his underwear. So Aaron walks in to just see him alone in his tidy whities Yes. The next day, Katie goes up to Aaron in the hallway and starts chatting with him Meanwhile, Damien runs by wearing a baklava and grabs her bag. And a, a, bal- a balaclava. <laughs> he's wearing a, a Turkish dessert, dessert on his face. <laughs> it's filled with phyllo dough and honey. I love that. Um, <laughs> so he like pretends to be a robber, grabs her bag, books it for the projection room above the auditorium, where they find. Coach car and Trang pack. Really awful. I hate I hate I hate this whole storyline. I mean, there's so much wrong with it. I hate that they treat it like a joke. I'm like, this is statutory rape, you guys. Mr. Duval is like, Coach Carr, step away from the underage woman. Yeah, please, please step far, far, far away. So the next day at Katie's house. 
Damien, Janice, and Katie, they're trying to figure out how they can get to Regina. Like, it's not working. Damien finds this box of Swedish nutrition bars called Kaltine bars in the kitchen. And Katie is like, oh, my mom used to give them to kids in Africa to help them gain weight. And they're like, bada bing, bada boom. Idea time. So in the cafeteria the next day, Katie gives Regina the bars and says that her mom uses them to help her lose weight. So Regina snatches it out of her hand. She's like, I really want to lose three pounds. And like stares at the girls. And they're like, oh my God, you're crazy. Like, you're so skinny. And she's like, shut up. Too long of a pause there. So we get this montage about Katie thinking how easy it was to like Regina, even though she's taking her down. And Gretchen keeps trying to win Regina back the more Regina hates her. Like, it's a sickness. Yeah. Katie knows it's better to be with the plastics hating life than to not be in it at all. Because being with the plastics was like being famous. And while she's thinking about this, she's also getting a makeover from them. And then we see this shot of her walking down the hall, you know, hair being windblown along with the three other plastics. And then we have the testimonials. People are like, that new girl moved here from Africa. I saw Katie Heron wearing army pants and flip-flops, so I bought army pants and flip-flops. And Jason's like, that Katie girl is hot. She might be even hotter than Regina George. (gasps) Mr. Duvall is like, I hear Regina George is dating Aaron Samuels again. The two were seen canoodling at Chris Eisel's Halloween party. They've been inseparable ever since. In case you're wondering if um, teachers do talk about students' personal lives, as the child of two teachers, they absolutely do. Yeah, why wouldn't you? I mean... It's like your own little TV show you get to watch. Your own little CW drama. drama. (laughs) Where the kids are actually the age that they portray. Yes, yeah. So then back at the mall, Katie is at Janice's store just like staring at herself in the mirror. And in her voiceover, she says, I was a woman possessed. I spend about 80% of my time talking about Regina and the other 20% of my time praying that someone else would bring her up so I could talk about her more. And it's just like going on and on about Regina. Janice is like so bored and like over it. But Janice does then end up inviting Katie to an art show that she's going to be in. She's like, you know, you can take a night off from your double life. And Katie is like, yeah, coolness. So in math class, Katie is trying to find any excuse to talk to Aaron. She asks him for help on a question. Norbury hands back her assignment. Great grade, like A+. And Aaron's like, "Mm, I don't think you need help. Yeah. So Katie in that moment decides that she has to really commit and purposefully starts doing bad on her tests. No. Then Aaron can see that she's actually failing and he's like, oh yeah, if you need help, like let me know, hit me up. And she's like, oh, would Regina be okay with that? And he's like, um, maybe we won't tell her, which I do get because she's insane, but... If your boyfriend says that, like, you probably yeah just should break up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So Aaron and Katie study together. She's pretending like he's actually teaching her things. <laughs> and, you know, they go over the answer and they're, like, leaning in. They're vibing. They're flirting. Certainly. She strokes his ego. And then they end up kissing. <gasps> but he pulls back. And he's like, I can't do this. Like, it's not fair to Regina. And Katie is like, why do you even like her? He's like, well, 
why do you? He gets really defensive. Yeah. And then he says that there's good and bad in everybody. Regina's just more upfront about it. But Katie cannot control herself anymore. Her word vomit comes up and she just blurts out, she's cheating on you. The word vomit is like a huge theme that comes up. Yeah. Word vomit and school buses are two very big motifs in this movie. And like wildlife and nature. But the word vomit is like really reminiscent of being in high school. Like you just don't know when to shut your mouth. Yeah. Relatable for me. Um, Mm -hmm. So obviously there's a breakup. So they've taken down her hot boyfriend. The girls comfort Regina as she cries about the breakup and she tells them that some guy on the baseball team informed Aaron. About Shane. Yeah, yeah, about her cheating on him. But Regina's like, I gave him everything. I was half a virgin when I met him. (laughs) And Karen's like, why don't we do something fun? Let's go to Taco Bell. But Regina's like, I'm on an all-carb diet and just storms out. Gretchen runs after Regina, but Katie stays behind to talk to Karen. And she tells her that she's not stupid. And Karen's like, no, it's true. I am. I'm like failing every class. But I have a fifth sense. It's like I have ESPN or something. My breasts can always tell when it's going to rain or when it's raining. Oh, Karen. Oh, Karen. So the next day in math class, Katie is horrified that Aaron didn't immediately ask her out, especially when Regina had already moved on. Yeah, she's freaking out. Yeah. Cut to Regina and Shane, like, making out hardcore on her bed. Mrs. George comes in. It's like, do you guys need anything? Some snacks? A condom? Oh, gotta love you. Yikes. Um, I'm, I'm sure you've seen this on TikTok, but there's a theory that uh, Regina George is actually a lesbian. I feel like this is like a theory someone has for every movie that we do. Well, yeah. Yeah. While I I don't know if I believe that, I I mean, I do think that she is not particularly interested in any of the men that she dates. Like Aaron is definitely a status symbol because Aaron is so well-liked and also very popular. If he, you know, dates Regina, approves of her then, you know, that that helps her stock, that helps yeah. her status. I can see that more with Regina than with Carla Santini personally mm-hmm. because even just thinking about other characters like um, Shay Mitchell's character in You, mm-hmm. where she was super close with um, the girl whose name I forget, but she, she had like the main lead girl. Oh, Beck. Beck, yes. But she was like still kind of like mean and edgy, Mm -hmm. but like really wanted to be close to her. So I see that more so with Regina than Carla Santini, who I feel like was just like a mean young gal. Mm -hmm. There's, yeah, because there's also like theories that the reason that Regina thought that Janice was a lesbian was because she literally didn't understand the word Lebanese. Yeah, I've heard that theory. But yeah, it's it's interesting because, I mean, there must be a reason that she's not wanting to date Shane Oman publicly because like, that's why I don't necessarily buy that she's a lesbian because why would she then be secretly like with Shane Oman? Yeah. I'm confused about that too. There's nothing to gain from that if she's just like hooking up with him secretly. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting though. Next day at school, they progress into the next phase of the plan. Um, Damien rigs the nominees for the spring fling queen 
and they're announced over the loudspeaker in the morning. It's Regina George, Gretchen Wieners, Janice Ian, and Katie Heron. But Katie's like, nominating me wasn't part of the plan. And Damien's like, I didn't put you in. That's like a legit nomination. And Katie's like, oh my God, really? And she like perks up in her seat. I'm really nominated? Janice and Damien are over it. Yeah. So the plastics all go to the store called 135 because Regina has a dress that she put on hold there in January for a spring fling. She is trying her hardest to zip it up. It's not working, even though it is a five. Regina is like, Katie, all I've been eating are these Caltine bars. What is going on? And Katie is like, yeah, that's just how they work. Like first you bloat and then you drop 10 pounds. Like right now you're just all on water weight. And once that's gone, you'll be all muscle. It explains it all on the label in Swedish. (laughs) So Karen asks for the next size up. And the shop assistant is like, sorry, we only carry sizes one, three, and five. You could try Sears. Regina's horrified. She is not doing too good. In class, the next day, Katie tries to leave when Miss Norbury stops her. She's like, Katie, your parents have to sign this quiz so they know you're failing. She's like, it's very weird because all the work that you're doing is correct. Just the final answers are wrong. And Miss Norbury takes it upon herself to be like, you don't have to dumb yourself down for a guy. And in Katie's mind, she's like, I don't want to like take advice from this girl. Like, what does she know? And Miss Norbury's like, you're probably wondering, you know, what do I know? But (laughs) she tells Katie she's a pusher. She pushes people. She pushed her husband to go to law school. Um, She pushed herself to get uh, three jobs. Oh. And now she's going to push Katie because she's smarter than this. Yeah. So at the George house, Katie is ranting about Miss Norbury. And she's like, she's totally failing me on purpose because I didn't join the mathletes. And what world do you – you know you're doing badly. You know that you are answering things incorrectly. And she's like, yeah, she kept saying, I'm a pusher, Katie. I'm a pusher. And the girls are like, what does that even mean? And Gretchen goes, like a drug pusher? Which I've never heard that term outside of this movie. Me neither. It's not real. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, Katie's like, yeah, probably. She probably has to sell drugs to pay for her pathetic divorce. And they're like, you let it out, honey. Put it in the book. So she (laughs) writes it in the bird book. (sighs) Bold, for sure. In class the next day, Janice confronts Katie about not calling her back last night. And she asks her if she needs a ride to her art show. But Katie is very dismissive. She's like, I'm going to Madison this weekend with my parents. And then Damien asks her to go see a movie tonight. And she's like, oh, sorry, I have major plastic sabotage planned. But Janice and Damien are like, we didn't plan anything for tonight. And she's like, oh, no, I thought of this one all on my own. So we then get the iconic phone call. Katie is on the phone with Regina and she's like, Gretchen thinks that you're mad at her because she's running for a spring fling. And Regina's like, oh my God, I'm not mad at her. I'm worried about her. I think that someone nominated her as a joke. And when nobody votes for her, she's going to have a meltdown and I'm going to have to take care of her. And she says that Gretchen isn't pretty and the spring fling queen is always pretty. Not true. In, yeah. In what world is Lacey Chabert not like gorgeous? None. And she says that it actually should be Karen, but people forget about her because she's such a slut. And then she's like, okay, I'm going to bed. Bye. And hangs up. 
obviously it turns out Gretchen was conferenced in and <laughs> yeah, she's pissed. Yeah. So she calls Karen and she's like, if I heard someone talking shit about you, what do you want me to say? And Karen's like, no. no. <laughs> Meanwhile, Regina's calling Karen, asking her to hang out. And when Karen mentions that Gretchen is on the other line, Regina's like, oh, don't tell Gretchen. She's really annoying me lately. Karen switches back and Gretchen tells Karen not to hang out with Regina tonight. Karen's like, why? What are you talking about? And so Gretchen tells Karen that Regina called her a slut and Karen switches back to Regina. She's like, I can't go. (laughs) I'm sick. We get the classic line. Boo, you whore. So the next day at lunch, aka The Reckoning, Gretchen and Karen go to the lunch table and they confront Regina because she's wearing sweatpants and it's Monday and that's against the rules. Huge no. And Regina's like, those rules aren't real. And Karen's like, they were real the day I wore a vest. Ooh, a vest is like rough though. Yeah. And Regina does say that that vest was disgusting. And you know what? I believe it. I believe (laughs) believe it it probably was. She's like, it was real when I wore a vest and that newsboy cap and those those <laughs> loafer uh, sneakers. So Gretchen explodes and is just like, you can't sit with us. And Regina's like, sweatpants are all that fit me right now. But all the girls just avoid eye contact with her. Katie says nothing this whole time. And Regina gets up and she's like, fine, you can walk home then, bitches. Yeah, she's not having a good time. No. After school, Gretchen and Karen just follow Katie. She's the new leader. And when Katie says she's going to Madison for the weekend, the girls are like, what the fuck are Uh, you saying? Excuse me? Get get out of that. So at home, Katie's like, hey, you know, I promised Janice that I would go to her art show. So I was wondering if I could just stay home this weekend instead. And her mom is like, but you love Lady Smith Black Mombazo. And Katie's dad is like, you know, she's a grown adult. I think that we should try and let her stay home by herself. Is Lady Smith Black Mombazo real? Yeah, it's a choir. Oh. So Katie talks about how she's gotten really good at manipulating everyone around her. And in math class, she taps Aaron on the shoulder and is like, hey, like I'm having a little get together at my house this weekend. Just a few cool people. And you better be one of them, biatch. And he's like, okay, fine, I'll go. And she's like, shut up. I love that shirt on you. It's like really so bad. embarrassing. It's like, oh, it makes my skin crawl having to watch it. Very cringe. That night, Katie's parents leave and Karen and Gretchen pull up immediately. Katie thinks about how she's going to look really hot for this party. She's not going to get caught in a costume this time. So she walks down the stairs in this cute tube dress. It's like black with a pink stripe down it. And Gretchen and Karen are like, oh my gosh, you look amazing. She's like, okay, I got cheese and crackers for eight people. Do you think that'll be enough? Uh, Spoiler alert, it was not enough. What Katie thought was going to be her small little get-together is a giant house party now. Katie is looking around for Aaron, but other teens show up. She's starting to get really nervous, so she just starts taking shots. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Regina is in her Lexus with Shane and is ranting about how Katie didn't invite her to the party and that she, like, invented her. How dare she? Aaron finally shows up. Gretchen is drunk. She's, like, falling all over herself, telling Jason that she loves him. It's a mess. 
Katie has to stop some other kids from tossing around this vase from Africa. She hides it under the sink and is like really panicking about the thought of Aaron like blowing her off. So she starts to drink profusely. Kevin then goes up to Katie and is like, so Gretchen came to talk to me and like, you're really cool, but I only date women of color. And Katie's like, that's cool. I'm going to go pee. Um, Goodbye. And goes upstairs. Katie kicks out some people from her room and she goes into her restroom while downstairs Regina shows up and Aaron decides to go upstairs to avoid her. He also goes into Katie's room. He looks at this picture of her with the plastics, but behind it is a picture of her as a kid on an elephant. And he remembers, you know, why he had a crush on her in the first place. Some cute little music plays. Katie stumbles out of the bathroom and they sit together on the bed. Katie thanks him for coming out tonight. And he's like, you know, I've wasted too much time being pissed off at Regina. So no more liars. And Katie's like, I would never lie to you. (laughs) I would never lie to you. And she's like, oh, well, actually, I did lie once. I pretended to be bad at math so that you would help me. But I'm actually pretty good at math, although now I'm failing. And he does not like this. Yeah. He's like, are you insane? It's crazy to fail on purpose. And she's like, oh, well, I just wanted a reason to talk to you, but I couldn't because you were like Regina's property. Aaron is upset about that phrase. He's like, what? And Katie's like, no, shut up. And he's like, don't tell me to shut up. It's bad. It's bad. There's no way to save it. Aaron realizes that Katie's like a clone of Regina. Yeah. Who walks in actually as Katie throws up on Aaron's shoes. Yeah. So Aaron storms out of the party. Katie's like, call me. And who pulls up? Beep, beep. It's Janice and Damien fresh off the art show. And Janice gets out of, like, the sunroof and is like, you dirty little liar. And Damien cannot stop the car because he has a curfew. So they're just, like, driving around this little cul-de-sac. Janice is, like, tearing Katie a new one. And Katie's like, I couldn't invite you. I had to pretend to be plastic. And Janice is like, you aren't pretending anymore. You are plastic. Cold, shiny, hard plastic. And Katie is like, you're the one who made me like this for your eighth grade revenge. And Janice is like, you know what? That's really fucking rich. At least me and Regina know that we're mean, unlike you. She is mean, yeah. And then Katie says, you know what? It's not my fault that you're like in love with me or something. Damien pumps the brakes real quick. He's like, oh, hell no. And Janice says, see, this is the thing with you plastics. You think that everyone is in love with you when actually everybody hates you. Like Aaron Samuels, for example. He broke up with Regina, and guess what? He still doesn't want you. So why are you still messing with Regina, Katie? I'll tell you why. Because you're a mean girl. You're a bitch. And then throws her painting at her, and she's like, you can have this. It won a prize. Uh. And Katie unrolls the painting, and it's a painting, a beautiful painting, mm-hmm. of Janice, Damien, and Katie. Aw. Meanwhile, Regina gets back into her silver Lexus, eating a Caltine bar. Shane is like, ah, oh, I hate those things. They make you gain weight like crazy. Regina looks at the bar. She realizes what's happening, and she starts screaming. Like, the girl screams, to her house, to the burn book, mm-hmm. to writing in the burn book, 
she is upset. So she writes in the burn book, this girl is the nastiest skank bitch I've ever met. Do not trust her. She is a fugly slut. But we see it is Regina's picture in the burn book, not Katie's. Honestly, a, a brilliant, brilliant move. It was smart. I never, never would have thought of something like that. Also, like a great, a great cinematic twist. I enjoy it every time. So we cut to Principal Duval's office. Regina is crying. She has given him the burn book and she's like, I found it in the girl's bathroom. It's just so mean. Like, who would write anything like that? He's like, well, we're going to get to the bottom of this. She's like, there are only three girls in the whole school who aren't in it. Is no one questioning, like, where this mean girl got the book from? Yeah. Because Mr. Duvall is in the know. Yeah. He knows what's up with the students. Either way, Mr. Duvall asks Katie, Gretchen, and Karen to come into his office, and he interrogates them about the burn book. Katie and Gretchen tell him that the book is Regina's, and he's like, okay, then why would she refer to herself as a fugly slut? And Gretchen's like, you know, maybe we're not in the book because everyone likes us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> doubtful. And she tells Mr. Duval that she doesn't think her father, the inventor of Toaster Strudel, would be too pleased to hear about this. Meanwhile, Regina is throwing photocopies of pages of the burn book all over the halls, just everywhere they can go, uh, shoving them under doormats, into classrooms, etc. Chaos ensues. This like insane, essentially like mosh pit. These girls are beating the shit out of each other over like what was written in the book. They're all like talking shit. Katie like thinks that she's dreaming at first. She thinks it's one of her like Africa yeah. animal daydreams, but it's real. We have the really, really icky Trang Pak Sunjin Din storyline because in the book it said that they're both hooking up with Coach Carr. I mean, I'm definitely not the most qualified person to like speak about this. There are many, many think pieces out there about like the Asian stereotypes in this movie. But I mean, like right off the bat, the fact that we have like Vietnamese and Korean names mixed together. Um, this like hypersexualized portrayal of these like Asian girls for a gag is like not my favorite. Has really not aged well at all. Um, nor was it was it really ever okay. But yeah, if you want to read more about like the Asian stereotypes, particularly in this movie, I'm gonna link a couple of uh, articles in the show notes. So I recommend checking those out. But you know this the scene is chaos. Miss Norberry tries to calm the crowd. And she ends up finding the page about her being a drug pusher. So Mr. Duval grabs his baseball bat. He goes out into the hall. He tells Coach Carr to step away from the underage girls. And Coach Carr flees. Runs. Yep. And then Duval pulls the fire alarm and tells all girls to report to the gym immediately. Mm-hmm. So everyone goes to the gym and sits in the bleachers. They all stare at Katie as she makes her way. And Mr. Duval says that this book is a serious issue. What he should actually do is cancel Spring Fling. But he's not going to do that because they've already hired a DJ. Yeah. Okay? But don't think he's not taking this seriously. Coach Carr has fled school property. Miss Norbury has been accused of selling drugs. 
So what they need is an attitude makeover and they're going to get it right now. He doesn't care how late he'll have to keep them. He's informed that they can only <laughs> legally obligate them to stay until 4 p.m. And he's like, all right, until 4 p.m. But basically he like asks if anyone has problems they want to get out and this girl raises her hand and she says that she can't help it if she's got a heavy flow and a wide set vagina. And that's enough yeah. for Mr. Duvall to recuse himself. He's like, okay, Miss Norbury, I'm going to need you to step in here. Mm-hmm. And she tells the class to um, close their eyes and raise their hand if they've ever had something bad about them said behind their back. Now open your eyes. Everyone's like, oh, a lot of us have. And then she has them do it the opposite way where they should raise their hand if they've ever said something mean about a friend behind their back. Again, lots of hands raised. Yeah. Lots of girl-on-girl crime here. So they're going to do a couple exercises to help express their anger in a healthy way. Poor Miss Norbury does not get paid enough for this. Mm-hmm. So the girls, you know, some of them hash out their grievances. They have these kind of like one-on-one chats. And Regina gets up and she's like, can I just say that we don't have a click problem with this school and some of us are just victims? And Norbury is like, that's a great point. How many of you have ever felt personally victimized by Regina George? Every single person raises their hand, including all of the teachers. <laughs> she's like, good. Okay, moving on. So she asks Katie if she has anything she wants to own up to, apologize for. And Katie's like, no. She's like, really? Nothing? Nothing you want to say? Katie says no again, and Norbury says that she's disappointed in her. Yeah. And she's like, well, I don't know who wrote this book, but all of you have got to stop calling each other sluts and whores. It just makes it okay for guys to call you sluts and whores. She asks, who here has ever been called a slut? Like, they all raise their hand, so she has everybody stand up. Stage two. (laughs) (laughs) There's, like, a stage in the gym that they make and Miss mm. Norbury has the girls write out apologies to the people that they've hurt in their lives. We see someone go on stage and apologize for like a rumor they started. It gets to Gretchen Wieners and Gretchen says, I'm sorry that people are so jealous of me, but I can't help it that I'm popular. And Karen is the only one who catches her. There's also that that crying girl yeah. who's like, I wish that we could all just live in a world where we could be happy and make cake full of rainbows. And Damien in the crowd, <laughs> incognito in the little hoodie and the sunglasses. <laughs> it's like, she doesn't even go here. And uh, she does not, in fact, go there. Mm-hmm. So they, they do ask her to go home. <laughs> you gotta at that point. But yes, so Katie is next up, but she chickens out. And so Janice takes this moment Mm. to go to the front of the line and gets on the stage. She's about to say her apology when Regina yells like, would she yell like lesbian or something like that? She's like, oh my God, diving into a pile of girls. It's like a dream come true. Yes. Pretty rude. So Janice decides to free ball it. She's like, okay. Yeah, I've got an apology and reveals that she has a new friend this year who's a new student and she thought it would be really funny to mess up Regina George's life. So she had her pretend to be friends with Regina and then they would convene at her house afterward and just laugh and laugh and laugh and tells them about the the candy bars they gave Regina and all this dumb stuff. And then she says that her friend Katie 
made out with Regina's boyfriend and then convinced him to break up with her. Oh, and they gave her foot cream um, instead of face face wash. So (laughs) she reveals the entirety of their scheme. Yeah. And then she's like, God, I am so sorry, Regina. Really? I don't know why I did it. I guess it's probably because I've got a big lesbian crush on you. Suck on that. Hey. And she like (laughs) falls back into the crowd. I do think that Janice actually had things that she could have apologized for. Yes. But sure. Yeah. (laughs) Like Regina's also bad, but she, Janice is incredibly manipulative. Absolutely. And we don't really see Janice ever really have to own up to the things that she did or said or anything. Yeah. She kind of like gets off scot-free where everyone else like, you know, like Regina has like her own transformation and and so does Katie. But Janice kind of just like slips on by as like yeah. having no wrongdoing, which I I don't think is uh I don't think that, that doesn't sit right with me. Yeah, I agree. But Regina catches Katie's eye as this is happening and she is so upset. She storms out of the gym. Mm-hmm crosses the street to go home. Um, her mom is waiting for her. And Katie follows her. She's like, Regina, wait, wait. Tries to apologize, but Regina cuts her off. And she's like, no one even actually likes you, blah, blah, blah. Then a bus speeding, just barreling forward, hits Regina. Yeah. And Katie's like, that's how Regina died. Just kidding, but some people did say that they saw her head turn all the way around. And others say that they saw me push her, which was even worse. So then at home, Katie is having dinner with her parents. Her mom totally thinks that she did it. Like, she's very upset. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. And then she's made even more upset when she finds the fertility vase that Katie had hidden under the sink. And she's like... Why is this under the sink? Like, doesn't this mean anything to you? Uh-huh. And Katie's like, no. And her mom is like, I don't even recognize you anymore. She walks off. Katie is really upset. She's talking to her dad and she's like, well, mom hates me. And he's like, she doesn't hate you. She's just afraid of you. You know, maybe we, you know, move too fast by putting you in regular school. Maybe we should just homeschool you again. But she's like, no. The only thing worse than going back would be not going back. So he gives her a little pep talk and she's like, oh, by the way, uh, I need you to sign my test because I'm failing calculus. Yeah. He's like, why don't you just focus on school for a while? I mean, you're still great at that. And she's like, I'm failing now. (gasps) Yeah. He's like, okay, I guess you're uh, grounded then. Yes. I... Next day, Katie comes back to school. She walks into Norbury's class where the cops are interviewing students because the allegations against Coach Carr were real. Yeah. So now they're investigating all of the rumors about teachers in the burn book. Mm -hmm. And Aaron raises his hand. He's like, this is so dumb. The book was written by a bunch of stupid girls who make up rumors because they're bored with their own lame lives. And Katie realizes what she has to do uh, because Miss Norbury is like getting the full like like they're literally investigating her for selling drugs yeah. so she stands up and confesses that she wrote the lie about Miss Norbury 
And she has this little monologue about how when you get bit by a snake, you're supposed to suck the poison out. Yada, yada, yada. She like gives flowers to Regina. Miss Norbury comes back to class. Yeah, Katie goes up to her with her quiz. Miss Norbury grades it for her and she's like, so how much trouble did you get into for admitting the truth? And she's like, I got into a lot of trouble. And she asked if she gave up the names of the other girls involved because there's no way she wrote it all by herself. But Katie is like, no, I'm trying to do this thing where I don't talk about people behind their backs. And Aaron walks up with his quiz and he's like, yeah, getting hit by a bus is pretty good punishment. Katie gets a 94 on the test and Aaron is like, welcome back, nerd. Miss mm. Norbury does forgive Katie, but as her own personal form of punishment, she's figured out how she's going to get that extra credit for all the tests that she failed. Girl has to join the mathletes. Ooh. We see a montage of everyone getting ready for the spring fling dance. Um, Karen puts this rhinestone K <laughs> on her chest backwards. <laughs> And yeah. Katie prepares for her mathletes competition. Yeah, so they get to the competition. They're like, great turnout this year. There's like four There's people. Like ten people, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Miss Norbury asks Katie if she's nervous. And when Katie says yes, Norbury is like, don't worry. You just have to focus. And luckily, none of those Marymount boys are cute. So you don't even have to worry about that. And, you know, they start off the competition, the first question is answered like super quick and Katie's like oh my god I'm so rusty I also noticed for the first time that one of the athletes I mean I assume is supposed to be Trang Pak's brother because the plaque underneath his thing says T Pak oh so I assume he's supposed they're supposed to be related in some way Hmm. yeah back at home Katie's mom asks where Katie is and her dad is like oh she's out (laughs) and her mom is like um didn't we ground her? And he's like, oh, I didn't realize they're not allowed out when they're grounded. Silly parents. So at the dance, uh, everyone, you know, is voting for Spring Fling King and Queen. And Katie's parents are like talking to Mr. Duval. They're looking for Katie because they think that she went to the dance. Yeah, she didn't. She's at Mathletes still. So the Mathletes tournament comes to a close and the teams are tied So they have a sudden death round and North Shore decides to pick the one girl on the opposing team. And so the opposing team is like, we pick the girl too. It is a showdown between Katie Heron and Miss Caroline Craft. Girl has some stuff going on. Like a a brow situation is not too great. She has some lipstick on her teeth. But Katie realizes in this moment, that none of that matters because she could make fun of her all she wants, but it won't let her win the competition. Um, so they get asked their question, what the limit of this equation is. And <laughs> Katie's mind is racing. And she's like, calling somebody else fat won't make you any skinnier. Calling someone stupid doesn't make you any smarter. And ruining Regina and George's life definitely didn't make me any happier. Before she knows that Caroline has buzzed this answer in. But... Mm-hmm. Caroline is wrong. <gasps> so Katie is like, oh my God, limits, limits. What were we doing? Thinking back to Miss Norbury's class, all she can see is Aaron's head. But she's like, okay, what was behind his head on the board? She remembers the the lesson and she's like, the limit does not exist. The limit does not exist. It's right. 
they win the competition. Yay. So they're the new state champions after the tournament. Miss Norbury gives them all like Letterman jackets. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, yeah, we're going to look so fucking dope when we roll up to the spring fling with our jackets. They ask Katie if she's going with them, and she's like, I can't. I'm grounded. Miss Norbury's like, I mean, you can't punish yourself forever. Plus, you're already out, so (laughs) might as well. At the spring fling dance, the mathletes stroll in just as the winner of the king and queen are about to be announced. Shane Omen. (laughs) Omen? Omen, yeah. Okay. No, I'm just laughing because he's so gross. (laughs) Shane Omen wins king and... Mr. Duvall announces Katie Heron as queen. (gasps) Katie comes up to the stage and absolutely unprompted gives a speech. Should I summarize it or should I just say the speech? You can say it. You can take your moment. (laughs) Okay. To all the people whose feelings that got hurt by the burn book, I'm really sorry. You know, I've never been to one of these things before. And when I think about how many people wanted this and how many people cried over it and stuff, I mean... I think everybody looks like royalty tonight. Look at Jessica Lopez. That dress is amazing. And Emma Gerber, I mean, that hairdo must have taken hours. And you look really pretty. So, why is everyone stressing over this thing? I mean, it's just plastic. Could really just... (laughs) The crown snaps. And Katie says, Share it. A piece for Gretchen Wieners. A partial (laughs) spring fling queen. A piece for Janice Ian, and a piece for Regina George. She fractured her spine, and she still looks like a rock star. And some for everyone else. Everyone gets a piece. So on the dance floor, Katie goes up to Janice and Damien, who are, like, laughing about their little pieces of the crown. And she's like, are we still in a fight? And Janice is like, well, are you still an asshole? And Katie says no. So Janice says that they're cool. But Janice doesn't apologize for anything, but that's uh, it's fine. It's whatever. She it's whatever. Doesn't. Yeah. So Aaron strolls up. He presents Katie with her gift certificates to the Walker Brothers Pancake House, courtesy of the senior class. Yes, he does. They dance. They have a little slow dance. And he congratulates her on winning state. And she's like, yeah, I was so nervous. I thought it was going to hurl. And they have this cute little like back and forth where he's like, are you feeling nauseous? Like, have you been drinking type of thing? And she's like, no, no, I haven't. So he says gruel and they kiss. Aw. Very cute. Janice and Ian are dancing. They kiss. And they're both like, nope, ew, nope. That was so (laughs) weird. Yeah. Wrong number anyways. But then Kevin G spoops in. Yes, he does. And he asks her just off the bat if she's Puerto Rican. And she's like, Lebanese. He's like, I dig that. (laughs) Then Katie explains the aftermath as the couples are dancing at the spring fling. Um, She tells us that Regina's spine healed and her physical therapist told her to channel her rage into sports. So... Regina is now a queen on the uh, field hockey team. Yes. Karen used her talents to do the morning weather announcements, and Gretchen found herself a new clique and queen bee. Um, the new clique is like a group of Asian students. Yeah. They're literally speaking like Mandarin or something. I think that so they're Vietnamese. speaking Vietnamese. Okay. Yeah. Because it's like Trang Pak and her gotcha. friends. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> got to gotta hand it to her for sticking to the same shit. But yeah. 
Um, Aaron went to Northwestern, so Katie still gets to see him on weekends. And Katie tells us that school was no longer a shark tank. She could just float. Regina walks by and smiles at Katie, who's sitting with Damien and Janice. Damien taps Katie and tells her to look at the new junior plastics. There's like a group of three girls who are all done up. Katie tells us that if any freshman tried to disturb their peace, well, let's just say we knew how to take care of it. (laughs) Lightning fast bus. And she's like, just kidding. And that's the movie. What a film. It's an hour and a half. Yeah. It's not long. No, but they packed so much in there. Did this have a theatrical release, like, in theaters? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I hadn't watched it in years. Like, I don't think I realized how long it had been since I watched it until I sat down to watch it for this episode. Mm -hmm. I think I haven't watched it since I was in high school. I haven't seen it in a minute, for sure. Because there were some jokes even that I had heard. And granted, I'm like using, I think I had subtitles on and I'm absolutely wearing headphones. Mm -hmm. So it's like you can hear everything super crisp. Yeah. But there were definitely jokes where I was like, wait, what? I feel like I'd never heard that before. Yeah, totally. There's definitely stuff that I did not get when I was younger Mm -hmm. that I like now understand or just like missed. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this, this movie was so huge for like our generation. Oh, totally. The, the quotes in it, the archetypes of Regina George, Katie Heron. This is like one of the first movies with like, or at least for our generation, I assume, with like the gay best friend trope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, obviously, obviously it has many, many problematic elements that have not uh, aged well. Certainly. At all. Certainly. Yeah. There's also a lot of really, really smart writing. Yeah. I think it's really well written because you feel gripped to see what's happening next Mm -hmm. at every point. Definitely. And the performances are really good across the board. Oh, yeah. It reminds me, in regards to the writing of 30 Rock, just that, like, every single line is Mm -hmm. a response. Like, it's it's a constant tennis match with, like, the witticisms that uh, Tina Fey writes in. You know, like, looking at Mean Girls as a whole, I feel like every decade kind of had – well, not every decade, but every kind of, like, era Mm – well, yeah, I guess every decade has its own – movie its own teen movie that is this iconic i feel like for the 80s it was heathers for the 90s it was clueless and for the 2000s it was mean girls and i don't really think that there is one for the 2010s Mm. that is such a standout that like had this huge like it swept the the world with its like popularity you know i want to say that the closest that I can think of to something like this more recently is Booksmart. Mm, I could see that, yeah. But I don't know how popular that is with people. Right. Because I'm just like yeah, not in school. Yeah, I don't know what the, what the youths like. Yeah. What are, what are the kids into these days? Again, just me being out of touch. But <laughs> yeah, I guess like when we were in high school, the, the closest that I can think of for the 2010s was like Easy A, but I just really liked Easy A, so it was like that for me. But I don't, it don't think it had the same kind of. Yeah, like, I don't know. It wasn't the same phenomenon at all. Yeah, I don't think it had that same effect. But I would be really curious to know if any movie did, mm-hmm. like what that movie is. So please let us know if you're listening and you have one in mind. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, this movie is such a interesting look at at uh, social structures and relationships. In yeah. 
in high school and I think it's it's very well crafted and very in depth like the fact that I'm evil even able to be like oh like is it a dictatorship or is it an oligarchy and stuff like that there is so much meat to dive into like mm-hmm. you could probably do a whole like hour long episode just talking about like social relationships mental warfare that happens in yeah. this film you know yeah and I do think it's like it's obviously dramatized, but a lot of it is so relatable yeah. and grounded in a really true experience. So it mm. makes it easy to like think about like your perspective, relate to the content of the movie, even though it's like kind of like a wild, you know, plot. Yeah. I really, I really enjoyed getting to rewatch it as an adult. And I don't know that I would have for like a while if it wasn't for us doing this episode. So yeah, yeah. same. I don't know when I would have watched it again. Mm-hmm. Um, I am curious if you liked it as much as like when you were a kid. Definitely not as much as when I was a kid. Yeah. Just because I think when I was a kid, I was just so like fascinated by these these like characters who were so much older than me and like were so cool and like doing all this like teen stuff. So that really like colored it for me. Whereas watching it now that I'm older than them, I'm like, I see it a very different way. Then I, it's it's much less totally. aspirational than it was when I was a kid, you know? Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, less aspirational is a great way to put it. And just super, I don't know, you can, it's transparent now. Like you can see through those moments that you experienced where you're like, oh, I was so embarrassed. I was so hard on myself. Like, why did I say that? It feels like, it's like you still have those moments when you get older, but not in the same intensity, I would say. Yeah, and I definitely felt – I felt for the characters a lot more in the sense that I know how lasting those scars can be when, from, like, bullying from when you're a kid or when you're in high school or whatever. Those things stick with you. So I definitely felt a lot – I felt a lot more sympathy for uh, characters that were being bullied than I really understood how to when I was a kid. What would you rate it overall? Hmm. It's a really tough one. I think I want to put it at like an eight. That's actually what I was going to say. Because I didn't feel like I was like rocked, you know, by the movie. Like when I rate something like a nine or a ten, I'm like, holy crap, this was amazing. I mean, it was a great movie when it came out too, but it didn't win like an Academy Award or like anything insane like that. It's just a really great movie to watch at a sleepover, great movie to watch with your friends. Great movie um, that's like a time capsule of the 2000s as well. Yeah, like I, I enjoyed getting to watch it. I think I just, because I've seen it so many times in my life, I know it so well that I'm a little bit desensitized to it. Whereas like other movies that we've done, even though I've known them very well, they still like, I don't know, it, it was just missing some sort of it factor for me. I think- it, I just didn't love it as much growing up as I loved some other movies that we've done. And I know that this is like a huge movie for a lot of people. So please feel free to disagree. If like this is your favorite, that's great. Um, but yeah, there was just something missing for me that didn't really push it up to that high, high standard. And then also some of like the really offensive stuff really pulled it down for me as well. Yeah, I get that. Wow. I can't believe we did it. We started yes. recording at like... This is like three hours, three hour endeavor pretty much. But yeah, that is Mean Girls. 
Yes, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, We are very excited for the rest of the month. We have some cool guests. We have a really fun lineup, so it's going to be very fun. Yes, be sure to like, rate, review, subscribe. Hit that, those stars in Apple Podcasts, you know? Yes, and also don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram. It's Movies That Raised Us. You can find us on Twitter. It's MTRU underscore pod. You can follow us on TikTok at Movies That Raised Us Pod or send us a good old fashioned email at Movies That Raised Us at gmail.com. Yes, and we'll see you next week for our next back to school movie. I'm Mo. And I'm Christina, and our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.